pick up tiles, you get tiles back at different points, back to different location, land on the road. Maze. And of course, you know, he was completely blind, so it was no different for him. Um, and it was absolutely amazing to see him within one little go through this man he was absolutely on it nobody had to shout him any instructions and he had this uncanny ability to just sort of reach out and pick up these things and he didn't know yeah you know yeah, his teachers with him said no he's got absolutely no sight perception at all he didn't know that you, you have to think when he was a sighted person walking around doing this and he made, and he was, he was quite a, a small lad as well. And just the balance and, and, and space perception that he had is incredible. Bloody hell, that is yeah. sort of daredevil stuff in the comic books. Yeah. Actually, your other senses are so, so defined, and you, you know, and you wear, you know, almost sort of sense where the other kids wear. Lovely to see that. before um, I head out for breakfast and then on to work. Um, doing my morning reading, I was sampling a book that a friend of mine has given me. It's called The Way of the Superior Man, a spiritual guide to mastering the challenges of women, work, and sexual desires. Now, it's by a guy named David uh, Dida. I think that might be how you pronounce it. Um, yes. So I haven't. I mean, I read the first. I read the introduction, the prologue, and I've read the first few chapters, which are very short chapters. They're kind of like um, aphorisms, I suppose. So very, very short essays. And I stopped reading it because, and maybe I'll, I'll give it some more chance because I did say that I would, would read it and give him my opinion. But my initial take is that. It's much like any other self-help book in that there's a lot of high-level posturing of painting a picture of your, you know, the, the discontent that you're feeling is driven by the fact that you're not living life on purpose, you're not living to your full potential, and, and on that sort of story goes, and that you should be doing, you know, embracing life um, living life on your terms, doing the thing that you love to do, basically. And on the surface of that, I wholeheartedly agree with that aspect. But one of the things that I find with a lot of the sort of self-help books is the fact that at the high level, they say these these kind of overarching aspects, things that you that you already know, really. <laughs> that you know that that missing space. Um, there isn't necessarily a lot of how, and even the hows are very formulaic as opposed to, you know, thinking about the real nuances of everyday living. But having said that, uh, in the shower this morning, I was thinking, you know what, every 
again from the stuff that I read in the in the first few chapters. Now, every I'm just thinking every self help book could probably be reduced to um, the phrase "no fear," because I think that's the thing that stops us mostly from doing the things that we want to do, living at the potential that we want to do, pursuing our um, wants, passions, and desires, saying the things that we want to say. I think it's fear that is the main culprit in holding folks back. So if you could adapt that no fear philosophy, um, I don't think you have to read, you know, a a 200-page book or so, because there it is. Now, easier said than done, I know. Uh, but can save you a lot of reading <laughs> if you can figure out how to limit or minimize the impact that fear has on you and your decision-making process and how you choose to to live your life.